Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice though, they really mean flavor. Like in your face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either, but it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice, anything but subtle. AOC says she wants Pelosi and Schumer gone and calls some of Biden's new appointees horrible. In leaked audio, Tom Cruise loses it on his film crew over social distancing guidelines. And Biden picks former Mayor Pete Buttigieg for the head of U.S. Department of Transportation. I guess Biden didn't hear about his bad record on potholes. <laughs> We've got all that and much more coming up, and it starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I'm Hillary Kennedy filling in for Sarah Gonzalez. Thanks for joining us. Uh, yeah, we've got a lot of really, really good stories today. So, of course, I had to have some of the best of the best, like Jason Buttrell, Thank you, the head man. writer, chief researcher for Glenn Beck. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. And Kesh Schaefer, the host of Crocs On. Thanks for being back with us. Thank you. Now, I know both of you really love Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, as we all do, right? I mean... <laughs> I mean the, the, the comedy alone. Right. What would we do without it? <laughs> That's really what it is. She's so great for memes. Where would we be without right. those? So maybe we'll have some that come out of this because she's saying House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer that they need to vacate their positions and make way for the younger generation of lawmakers to take over things. She said the Democratic presidential legacy of stacking administrations with previous Democratic appointees and big business heads, she's saying it needs to stop. She did an interview with uh, Intercept and she said the Democratic Party, it needs a serious leadership overhaul. She said, I think it's part of a larger issue that we have right now, which is the Biden administration is bringing back a lot of Obama appointees, which, depending on where you are in the party, may sound nice, I guess. But I think a lot of people fail to remember that we now have a Biden administration that's bringing back a lot of Obama appointees. But when Obama was making appointments, he was bringing back a lot of Clinton appointees. She's saying this is a huge reason why we got President Donald Trump in the first place. So now she rejected the possibility of running for the position anytime soon. She said, the House is extraordinarily complex and I'm not ready. It can't be me. I know I couldn't do that job. But what do you think? <laughs> I'll start with you, Jason. What do you think Very about her call man. to get rid of Pelosi and Schumer? Um, I'm, I'm not surprised. There, it's, what's funny about the Democrat Party is it's so divided right now. And even though they apparently have won this election, the, or presidential election. They did horribly in the House. Um, still, you know, too close to call for the Senate. But, I mean, if, 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 if Republicans maintain control of the Senate, it'll be the first time since, I think, the late 1800s that an incoming Democratic president hasn't had a majority in the Senate. So that just kind of puts everything in context on, on how hamstrung they're going to be. If, and this is a big, I mean, I'm really crossing my fingers on this, but if Republicans can just get one of those runoff elections in Georgia, this is basically going to be a lame duck presidency from day one. He's not going to be, to be able to do anything through the legislature at all. It's all going to be through executive order. And I don't know, there's ways that the, 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 the right can combat that through the courts. Um, they certainly did that with Donald Trump. So, um, yeah, so that's one thing. It's just, they're just ridiculously divided. They've got a big problem. Uh, they, they really have no message. They are in shambles internally. 
um, the, the, you have the establishment who's fighting against you know the very very far left uh, within the party. That is going to be more and more vocal. But the second thing I want to say on that is, really, I think she's she's a young buck w- within Congress. She doesn't understand that a lot of the people that she's name dropping right now want the same thing she does. They really do. The entire party, I think, wants to go in that direction. Obama, the Obama officials she's, she's criticizing, they all wanted it too, but they just wanted to do it very, very gradually. Mm-hmm. They had everything that they could ever want. They had a full sweep of power when Obama in 2008 was elected. They had everything. They had all of Congress. They had executive everything. And a lot of them have been on record saying now that that was their nightmare time frame because they didn't do what they should have done and just pushed everything through. Um, that's what they want to do right now. So, yeah, she is, I think, pandering to uh, her very, very radical base. But I'm, I'd love to be a fly on the wall in a lot of their internal discussions because I guarantee you they're all saying the same stuff. Mm-hmm. They all want the same things. So, Because it kind of seems like there's a common theme that it's never enough with Democrats. They can't be happy with Biden. You know, there's always got to be something else they're pushing for, pushing for, pushing mm-hmm. for. So why do you think it always has to be like their way or nothing? I mean, she's really, AOC's really been pushing hard for mm-hmm. what she wants and trying to do everything that she can to really sway the Biden administration to see things her way. I think she's, it's a little bit um, cocky. I don't know if that's an appropriate word, if you guys yeah. use that. But okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, she is a bit full of herself because like you said, she is a young buck. She is coming in here. She's just been in here for a few years. And I think a lot of people feel like she really doesn't know what she's doing and feel like there are, actually people behind the scenes pulling the strings and, you know, advising her on what to do. So it's interesting for her to go in and then, you know, start saying all these people who have been here for ages, I mean, granted, are really wicked, evil people like Nancy who are just like, yeah, we all agree she should leave. But I don't, it's not, I don't think we want them to leave for the same reasons. And I would be more nervous to see who she thinks should replace those positions. Yes, exactly. Well, you know, Biden has really been touting a lot of calls for unity and, you know, let's let's build everything back better together. Well, his deputy chief of staff, Jen O'Malley Dillon, called Republicans, I won't say the word, but a bunch of effers while praising Biden's call for unity. She gave an interview with Glamour magazine where she made these statements. Can I just say that's the closest we've ever gotten to hearing Hillary uh, <laughs> actually say a bad word. I, I, that was great. I try to not use bad language. My, my grandma might be listening. You said yeah. darn one time, I remember. <laughs> I had to abbreviate. Um, yeah, this is really, uh, this just makes no sense to me. She said the president-elect was able to connect with people over the sense of unity. In the primary, people would mock him like, you think you can work with Republicans? I'm not saying they're not a bunch of effers. Mitch McConnell is terrible, but the sense that you couldn't wish for that, that you couldn't wish for this bipartisan ideal, he rejected that. So, I mean, what do you make of her comments? It just <laughs> seems so absurd that she's, you know, talking about this call to unity, but then also calling people a really horrible name. The, the call to unity is total horse crap. It's total horse crap because they have no intention of, they basically want us back in our position pre-Trump. Uh, where we're just going to roll over and take everything they throw at us. Mm -hmm. That's their unity, is full submission. That's what they call unity. They really don't care about reconciliation or anything like that. They don't don't care about that at all. They hate everything about us. And I'll go one step further. For anyone that voted for them, they hate everything about you too. Mm -hmm. They they don't like you. They, They use your sympathy 
to get your vote. That, that's it. They do not give a crap about their constituents. Yeah, all of them. They don't give a crap about their constituents. Mm -hmm. So it's far worse than just calling us that. You got to look at that, especially if you're on the left, and say pretty much they think that about me as well. Mm -hmm. And they'll use ridicule all day long, you know, so that we can't fight back. Which is one of the Saul Linsky's rule, rule, rules of for, rules for radicals is it's very hard for us to combat that. They're going to ridicule us. They're going to call us names because we're evil, awful people. And the moment we say, well, "Yeah, but okay, racist," you know, "Okay, yeah. bigot," yeah, okay. They literally don't want us to say anything. They want us in our corner. They want us to be submissive as, as possible. Mm -hmm. um, but it goes across both ways. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like they have been very vocal about calling the right hateful, saying that we're the party of hate. But then using that kind of language to describe those on the right or, you know, Kathy Griffin holding up a decapitated head of, of mm. President Trump, those are the things that they are doing. So I, I just don't understand how they're able to convince themselves that people on the right or conservatives are the party of hate. It's... Uh, it's so crazy like yes like the Kathy Griffin thing or wasn't there like a Shakespeare in the park where they had Donald Trump and they all stabbed him and yeah. all these things and you're like you're literally depicting like killing people mm -hmm. killing them but we're hateful but they've done a really good job at painting Trump supporters to be that way where the general public of leftists and whatnot will actually believe that and be like, oh yeah, they are effers and they are this and oh, they should deserve to die because it's like all these BLM riots are like, they're going out and they're protesting because the Trump supporters and blah, 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 and the proud boys, like they love Trump and they're coming out to do this. And like they totally make it seem like everything that's bad that's happening in the country, racism, homophobia, all this stuff, it's Trump supporters, it's Republicans, it's conservatives, it's Christians, because... It, and, but, and they do a really good job of it. They mm -hmm. really do. Um, they're the worst hypocrites yeah. I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. I, 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 I just, I'm flabbergasted mm -hmm. on how, how they get away from it, uh, away with it. Deborah Messing the other day when she made that, you know, homophobic, you know, like, you know, uh, encouraging rape against mm -hmm. the president of the United States. Oh my gosh. But then, but then she, she didn't have to apologize for it. She mm -hmm. doubled down on it. And of course her base just loved it. Mm -hmm. loved, you know, their base loved, them, loved yeah. her for it. Um, they don't call her out on it at all. And there was like this comedian not too long ago on a podcast. I can't remember her name. But um, she said, yeah, basically that it was kind of like liberal douchiness. She conceded that. Mm -hmm. But she said that we can get away with it because we don't really believe it. Yes. Like we can say things because we don't really believe it. Yep. But of course we believe it. You know, like, and she's talking more in the frame of like comedians. Yeah, Sarah Silverman. Sarah yep. Silverman, thank you. That, yep. Yeah, that's who it was. But it's, a, but it's the same thing. Like they're the ones that are compassionate, mm -hmm. especially on minorities, you know, and the poor. Never mind the fact that their war on poverty from back in the 60s never did anything for the poor. Yeah. yeah. It just keeps people enslaved. Mm -hmm. That's what it's all about. Yeah. And they're always I, putting on a show crying, crying. What's that? Rachel Maddow crying. Oh my gosh. Oh my I gosh. I can't believe it. They're always just like these crocodile tears. And mm -hmm. they act like, I just love people. And oh. It just would be so sad, Bill, and you're like, honey, like you, what? Yeah, yeah. I'm confused. Back back to AOC. Remember her, like, her uh, pictures at the border in that white suit where she's bending oh, over, oh sobbing? Oh my gosh, that was just like, ridiculous. Cut the theatrics, I'm just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, you mentioned this, Jason, about uh, the race in Georgia. So there's some black pastors that are calling out Reverend Raphael Warnock for supporting Good. systemic racism of abortion. So this is a coalition of more than 25 black pastors, and almost all of them are mainly from Georgia. They called him out for supporting abortion. Uh, they said they felt compelled to confront the reverend after he made public comments supporting abortion that they said represented grave errors of judgment and a lapse in pastoral responsibility. So what's interesting about this, too, though, 
is we're not called Republicans, gangsters, thugs, and child killers for when they voted to pass an over billion dollars in tax cuts back in 2017. He had said about them, Herod is on the loose. Herod is a cynical politician who's willing to kill children and kill the children's health program in order to preserve his own wealth and his own power. Hope is in the air, but Herod is on the loose. And that's when he then called Senate Republicans gangsters and thugs. So Warnock wants to stand by his claims on abortion, but then he thinks Republicans are child killers because of tax cuts? Absolutely ridiculous. Um, Raphael Warnock's actually a dangerous guy. He, he really is. Uh, Marxism is his religion, and he preaches it from the pulpit. And he is in the same line of, let's say, a Malcolm X or a uh, like a W.E.B. Du Bois at the turn of the century. Du Bois actually, and I know some people say it's Du Bois, it's not, it's Du Bois, that's the way he said it. Um, just because I know people are gonna yell at me on Twitter for that. But, um, <laughs> but, but Du Bois was a big supporter of Margaret Sanger. And when a lot of people tried to call him out, you know, for the eugenics and everything, he was like, he uh, agreed with the eugenics and said, look, yeah, uh, we, we kill some, we can weed out some of the lesser, some of the undesirables, wow. I think is what he called it. But he was completely, he was just straight up, up front with it. Mm -hmm. But now there's this faction today that are still, they still agree with it. Some people, they just never even question the fact, no, because they support it, I think, that so many Planned Parenthood uh, clinics are in the uh, lower income neighborhoods. I mean, it couldn't even be more obvious about it. It's mm -hmm. absolutely disgusting. Yeah. Because what do you think about over 25 pastors getting together and calling them out? I think Good hallelujah. Yeah. Praise God. Like, people need to do it. And I, yeah, I think that is, I think that's really, really good. And he's so true about it's, what did he say? It's black in, intersectional racism or against abortion or mm -hmm. however that phrase was. But it. It is like how you were talking about Margaret Sanger and all these people. It's like it was totally for racist reasons that it was started. And even if you go to like these women's marches and things like that and you talk to them about abortion, they're like, but the the minorities and the things like these poor people, like they're still they don't even realize what they're saying, but they're still fighting for abortion for the minorities and for the poor people, the low income people who are really a lot of black communities and they don't even realize they're still doing these things but i think it's awesome yeah. it's it's so great for the trump administration to take such a strong stance for life um these these past four years mm -hmm. because it was getting out of control oh, wow. yes. and we need to watch this like a hawk because it is going to get worse you think about just you know the past couple of years how bad it was getting mm. with the late-term abortions yes. um even abor abortions legal after birth there was a couple of uh, intellectuals in the UK, which all of the leftists here take all their crap from lefties in, the, um, in Europe. Mm -hmm. But they were arguing uh, going out one to two years. They, they were, yeah, you know, what? they were basing Springo. it off of mental capacity. I'm dead serious. One to two years old. I, don't, don't call me on the two years, but yeah, it, it was, it was, it was, it was, further, it was unreal. It, yeah, absolutely insane. But there's no stop to how far they'll push it. Right. It's ridiculous. It's satanic. Yep. All right, we have a whole lot more that we're going to talk about. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Patriot Mobile. It is the season for giving. Patriot Mobile is back with a brand new Christmas promotion that's just for you until December 19th. So we're getting close. A Samsung A11 for yourself. Get that for you or someone else. That's two phones absolutely free or bring your own phone and get a free month of service. With Patriot Mobile, you get the same nationwide coverage because they use the same towers as everyone else. Plus, they have plans to fit any budget. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. They take a portion of your bill and they help supply Bibles for kids. Love that. 
Switching is easy. Just go to patriotmobile.com news or call their U.S.-based customer service team at 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT. And veterans and first responders save even more, so go and check them out. The same service, a lower price, and they celebrate Christmas too. All right. Get free activation and a special gift with the offer code NEWS. That's patriotmobile.com news, patriotmobile.com news, or 972-PATRIOT. We'll be right back. There's a migrant caravan. It's heading for the United States. And these immigrants are hoping that Biden's new immigration policies will be friendlier to them than, than Trump has been. So this is more than a thousand Honduran migrants. They departed their homeland last week, hoping to reach the United States here shortly and hoping that when they do, Biden's administration will have more compassion for them. So this caravan, it's actually quite a bit smaller than the swarms of migrants that made headlines during the Trump administration. They're seeking refuge because they've had two really powerful hurricanes that's left a lot of people struggling economically. Um, now, border crossing, it's declined in 2020 due partly because of the coronavirus and also Trump's immigration policies. However, that's starting to change over the past few months, according to The New York Times. Uh, detentions in October, they were up 30 percent over September the figure in the coming months, it's supposed to be higher than that. Now, Biden has pledged to reverse Trump's deterrent policies. People are saying there's going to be more caravans in the weeks. It's going to increase. People are no longer as scared of the coronavirus that are coming from those countries. They're hungry. They've lost everything. Their towns are still flooded. So they're looking for their next step. So, Jason, what do you think we're going to expect to see with this new wave of immigrants trying to come in with the Biden administration potentially taking over? Um, so such crap that, um, that they say that, that, that the, it's such crap that the, that the left Democrats, um, uh, make this appearance that they're going to be more compassionate on immigration. Um, I feel sorry for these, uh, immigrants that think that the, that the Democrats are being truthful on what they're going to do as far as immigration is concerned. They don't give a crap about you. They do not give a crap about you. Uh, they don't give a crap about immigrants. The only thing they give a crap about is if when they do get into the country, using that as a political ploy, amnesty, whatever, um, that's when they give a crap about it, when they can use it. Um, let's not forget that Biden's administration, the president when Biden was vice president, was called the deporter in chief. Right. So immigration laws don't change. Uh, it'll still be against the law for them to come across the border. Um, let's not forget that Obama was the one that built the cages that all of a sudden they care about. They didn't care about it then. Nobody reported on it. Um, it was a, it was a policy that started under Bill Clinton and Janet Reno. Right. Um, there's a there's a trend here that this is Democrats have been called out for are now hopefully will be getting called out on this. Um, so I don't care. I don't really think much will change uh, because the border will still function. It'll still, there'll still be a need to stop illegal immigrants from coming into the country. Um, the only thing that would, that would be truthful, and I would listen to them uh, on this, would be if they said that we need to you know, reform the immigration system in general, which I would be on board with. I, th I think we do. Uh, my uh, my father-in-law, uh, it took him, I think, 20 years to become a citizen. Almost bankrupted him, had to get a lawyer. It was stupid. Wow. He, was, he, was, he was legally working here, um, but it took him that long. That's dumb. 
right? Like, make it make it easier if they want to go through the process to do it. I'd be on board with the, with having a discussion on that. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't think that they'll do anything about it because they don't really care. They don't care about making it easier for people to become citizens. They care about making it a political tool when it serves their purpose. So I really do feel sorry for the migrants because they're not going to get anything different. Um, the ones that do get across, then they'll be used in some kind of, uh, you know, amnesty type deal. But that's about it. Yeah. So Kez, do you think an increase in these caravans is going to have an effect on our coronavirus cases? Okay, this is what I hope. Probably, if, if everything that they say, it, okay, now we need to be careful because we're talking about the Rona. <laughs> okay, all I'll say is, if they let all these people into the countries, then I say, hoorah, borders open for everyone. Like, let's get back to normal. Like, if you're going to let a whole bunch of people in who have walked from Honduras, right? Mm -hmm. That's a very long way, long journey. Um, then open the borders for everyone. Let's all get back to normal. Let's all go and travel. I would love to go and see my family. I, you know, everyone wants to go traveling. Um, also, I do have a question, Jason, because I feel like you would just know about these things. Do you remember the last caravan? How it seemed as though it was fake? Like they all had like yes. wristbands and then they were getting trucked up. Do you think this is another fake one or do you think this is a genuine caravan? Well, I, I, think, I think they're all really gen. I think, I think the people that are part of it are genuine because right. they really do want to come over. Right. But they're absolutely being used by the left. Right. Um, we, we tracked down multiple organizations, Sor George Soros funded organizations that were flying people down to these countries and they were on the ground coordinators. Wow. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's all a political tool. Mm -hmm. that, 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 that's all this is. That'll continue, I'm sure. But e even even Democrats, and the reason why they won't just start allowing all these people to come over is because I think they are stupid, but I'm going to say they're not completely stupid because they know that you can't, it makes no logical sense to, to, to wildly increase um, you know the, the, the you know the government system of just handing out money you know right and left, free health care, free college, free everything. Mm -hmm but also allow tons and tons of people to come across the border. You're talking thousands and thousands of people up to maybe a million plus. You can't just instantly have them come over, make them citizens, and then start giving them checks. It makes no sense. And in fact, Bernie Sanders said the same exact thing back in the day. He was, he was a lot more sane, actually. A sane socialist. A socialist, yes, but he was a lot more sane about it. He was not for open borders. But the politics changed, again, when it suited their purposes. They wanted to be able to ridicule us by saying we were incompassionate. Um, but that's just what they say out in public. Mm -hmm. They'll say the same things once they're in power and they have to pull the levers. They're going to dress it up. The media will not report on it. But I guarantee you, um, seizures at the border will increase as these caravans start to come over. They will increase. The families being separated will continue. Kids will still be in cages. They're just not going to snap the pictures. All right. So we have a whole lot more to get to. And I do think you're right. I think we are going to see that increase. Uh, we do have a lot more to get to, so we want you to stick around for that. But first, we want to thank our sponsor, Headspace. So life can be stressful, even under the normal circumstances. 2020, it has challenged even the most difficult times of life, and you need stress relief that goes beyond just you know quick fixes. And that's what Headspace is for. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. 
Now Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace can really help you feel better. If you're overwhelmed, Headspace has th a three minute SOS meditation for you. If you need some help falling asleep, Headspace has wind down sessions that their members just love. And for parents, Headspace has even morning meditations that you can do with your kids. Now, Headspace's approach to mindfulness, it can reduce stress, it can improve your sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. And it's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits. It has 600,000 five-star reviews and over 60 million downloads, and that is a lot. So Headspace makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your own schedule, anytime, anywhere, and you deserve to feel happier. And Headspace is meditation made simple. So go to headspace.com slash news. That's headspace.com slash news for a free one month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. And this is the best deal offered right now. So head to headspace.com slash news today. We will be right back. there's any Tom Cruise fans out there, if there's those of you who have been just really waiting on pins and needles for Mission Impossible 7 to come out, well, we have an update for you, but it's probably not the one you were thinking. Uh, Tom Cruise, he's been on the set of Mission Impossible 7, and he went ballistic on some of the crew for violating some social distancing rules. And we have some audio, so let's take a listen. We are the gold standard. You're back here in Hollywood making movies right now because of us! Because they believe in us and what we're doing! I'm on the phone with every studio at night! Insurance companies! Producers! And they're looking at us and using us to make their movies! We are creating thousands of jobs, you I don't ever want to see it again! And if you don't do it, you're fired. And I see you do it again, you're gone. No apologies. You can tell it to the people that are losing their homes because our industry is shut down. It's not going to put food on their table or pay for their college education. That's what I sleep with every night. The Okay, so he flipped out because <laughs> this is reportedly some of the crew ignored the social distancing guidelines and they were huddled around a computer monitor too closely. And boy, he clearly did not like that at all. Um, they started production on Mission Impossible 7. I can't believe there's been seven of them. That kind of blows my mind. Um, they started production again in September and they were forced to change their shooting plans pretty radically because of the pandemic. So he was very upset because he was ready to get back to work again and is afraid that any little breach in the rules will just blow the whole thing for everybody. So do you think Tom Cruise's reaction was justified because people's jobs are on the line or do you think he was overreacting to people gathering around a little too closely around a computer monitor? Well, first of all, have you ever been around a couple and they start arguing and you're just there like, <laughs> that's how it felt like listening to that? Like, oh, this is so awkward. Um, I don't know. That's what I was thinking as well. It's like, 
when he was saying anything, he wasn't like, guys, this is like dangerous for you. Like you need to be careful. Like this is a deadly disease. <laughs> he was like, basically like, we're like we have to do, we have to like abide by all these rules so that yes. we can like actually do work, which kind of makes me think like, yeah, everyone knows that there's something going on with coronavirus that we can't talk about, but, <laughs> um, I don't, I don't think it's justified to yell at people like that ever, especially if you're like a boss or something like that. I think that's really inappropriate. I think it's silly. I understand why he's mad, but I think there's always like a nicer way to like say things like that. Mm -hmm. I just think, I just think he's a Scientologist and a crazy guy. <laughs> <laughs> you hit it perfectly. Um, he, you, what you did not hear, mm. exactly what you said was the, we're all going to die, mm -hmm. and you're going to kill all the old people. Right. Um, that was not what that was. Mm -hmm. And I agree with you again, that it's never appropriate to yell at someone like that unless you're in boot camp right. for crying out loud. Right. Who the heck are you? Shut up. Um, but I get his frustration. Um, I, I do. And I'm sure, and a lot. Of, I think he's probably one of the executive producers on the show, probably mm -hmm. as well. But they are looking for, especially in California, they are looking for any reason at all to shut people down. And I think he's feeling that. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think that was his primary thing, was that you're going to lose your insurance, you're going to lose everything. And I can't say how I know, but he is one of the nicest men on the planet. Um, generally cares for people. And I know when he said th that he has to live with that, that's what he's talking about is crew members, people that have their jobs because of that. Um, but so I, I'm going to give Tom a pass on this. Um, I, calm down, bro. But um, <laughs> but I know. But I feel your stress, and it's the problem of your leadership out there in California. Right. But what he also should also know. Remember that video of that lady that said this production uh, crew uh, had everything set up yes. right next to her restaurant, but she couldn't be open, but they could. Mm -hmm. Hollywood mm -hmm. protects them. Uh, the Democrat leadership there has also, they have a protected class in several different ways. Hollywood is one of them. They're going to do everything they can to keep them open. Yeah. So even if they do get deemed, I guarantee somebody would step in to protect them. That's just right. the way it works out there in their hierarchy. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Well, they're hoping they're going to be wrapped with uh, the film May 2021. So we'll be waiting for that. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about uh, Mayor Bill de Blasio in New York City. He said the subways are safe Incredible. and encouraged uh, and encouraging New Yorkers to use mass transit Great on the news. same day Great that he said the city needs to be ready for a full shutdown and restaurants were ordered to halt their indoor dining because of a surge of coronavirus cases. So he, he said, quote, it is important to let people know the subways are safe. Oh, sure. I just, I don't understand how riding a, a crowded subway and touching all the handlebars and the doors and all that is mm -hmm. safer than eating at a restaurant with limited capacity. It just doesn't make sense, right? Yeah. Going like in and out, like traveling, I'm going to this office, you're going to this office, like just like so many people like touching, coughing, whatnot, and just like going out into the world everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um... You know, it's just incredible, Hillary. Like every day we just like learn new things about the coronavirus that it actually stays away from subway systems. It's smart. Yeah, yeah it so, knows. I mean, we can just like never really know what's going to happen next with all this sort of stuff. Yeah. Why do you think in this instance he's kind of picking and choosing what data he wants to listen to? Uh, well, <laughs> it's, well, it's very, very uh, telling on the, the use of the subway. Um, the state gets profit off of that. And he might as well just said, look, yeah, you, all your businesses are shut down, but the ones that pay my paycheck, that's not shut down. This is the worst. This is the, this is the most ridiculous, 
infuriating things of hypo hypocrisy I've ever seen. And he'll continue to say he's awesome and go for book deals and try and get in movies and stuff, whatever he's trying to do, um, and claim that everything is okay when he is clearly doing this for personal gain. Mm -hmm. Clearly doing this for personal gain. I've had, and the, the insane thing is the people that support people like him. Mm -hmm. um, I went back and forth on Twitter about this, and this one guy was just so like, with his nose in the air, and he's like, it's called science, man. <laughs> the subway goes outside gets the UV rays on it, and then they also clean off the, uh, you know, the, the, the mm -hmm. or clean the inside of the, of, the, of, the, of the subways. And I was like, are you kidding me? So like the restaurants don't do that. They're not traveling outside, but what about outdoor dining? You know what I mean? For crying out loud, you can't even do that there. Uh, they, don't e they don't even question him. They don't. They just, whatever he says, How can goes. You, that, no. How can you be like that? How can you really be like that? Yep. I don't know, it's, it's, it's their fault. One, one day, everything, their, their states are already going under. They're, they're going to be bankrupt. And uh, they're going to be saying, thank you, yeah. thank you mm -hmm. for saving us, yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, I'd love to be there at the, at the end where they're like, what went wrong? Yeah. Like, literally, what went wrong? So this came they, out of nowhere. They have what? no idea. It's oh just, my gosh. It seems silly that they're talking about having another full shutdown, but also encouraging people like, ride mass transit. Well, where are people going to go if you've got a... Everything's shut down. Huh? Yeah, I mean, there's no reason for any of us to, to leave our houses. So, so interesting. Okay, so we do need to go to break here in a minute. We come back. We're going to talk about Mayor Pete. <laughs> Biden has tapped him for a cabinet position, but people, <laughs> there's some eyebrows raising over this because he isn't known for uh, doing a great job with what he's being chosen for. So we're going to talk about that. We come back. Stick around. Well, Joe Biden, he's slowly trying to fill his cabinet positions, and he has asked Mayor Pete Buttigieg to head the U.S. Department of Transportation. So <laughs> this sparked some controversy because Buttigieg's his record while he was mayor, uh, it, it wasn't great. So if he is confirmed by the Senate, he would run a federal agency that oversees the nation's airlines, highways, and transit systems, according to Reuters and at the Transportation Department, he may be tasked with overseeing much of Biden's plan to dramatically boost infrastructure spending, including building 550,000 electric vehicle charging stations, boosting spending on all high-speed rail and other green projects, and persuading Congress to find a way to pay for new spending. Well, when he was the mayor of South Bend, the city's roads became nearly impassable in some spots because they deteriorated so badly. Uh, local car repair shops said they hadn't seen anything that bad in well over a decade. <laughs> the situation, it was so bad, residents of South Bend reached out to a Domino's Pizza in 2019 for help and received $5,000 paving for pizza grant to fill in all the potholes because the <laughs> potholes were just everywhere. Also in 2017, Buttigieg reportedly got the road in front of his home repaved, despite the fact it wasn't even initially scheduled to be done. And his street was rated by the city to be in better shape than all the other nearby streets in the city. Kind of interesting. How do you think that he ended up with this role, Jason? Well, you know, he has driven a car before. Um, he probably <laughs> has ridden on a plane before and maybe even a train. <laughs> So he'd probably argue that that makes him all, you know, that, what more qualifications do you He's need? He's an expert. The guy. Um, there's, a, there's a couple of things going on here uh, that I think are interesting. We were just talked about, it might have been the same group, about uh, his, they were thinking about putting him in the, as the ambassador in China. Yeah. 
And um, that they didn't make sense either. They can't figure out where to put him. They can't figure out where to put him, but they want to put him in something that they think is influential. Um, which normally that job is not very influential. I couldn't even tell you who who's, has it right now. I, I have no idea. And that is pretty typical going back every administration. It's just, it's just a nobody position pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, but they want somebody who is high profile. They want Buttigieg to be high profile because they have plans for him in the future. And that job is going to be a lot more important in this administration. On Glenn Show, we've talked a lot about the Great Reset and some of the things that they're going to be doing that are not typical, um, that are out of the ordinary. Um, The electric cars, um, this massive green shift. He's going to be front and center right in there. And he is very good on camera. he's, He's a good speaker and the cameras usually love him. That's how he was catapulted from being the mayor to, you know, uh, actually putting up a good challenge uh, in the early part of the election. So they want somebody to be a really public face of this. They want to sell this green push to the public. They want someone that can go into Detroit and say, don't worry about all your gas cars. Mm -hmm. This is the direction we're moving in. They want somebody to be able to sell it. That's what Buttigieg and this appointment is all about. They've Mm. got big plans for him. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, he does, he does have a very smiley, friendly face. So they were like, this seems like the guy to convince everybody to, <laughs> Salesman, to, wow. to get a flying car. So um, Biden's transition team, they have quietly been tapping Silicon Valley employees who are going to work concurrently for Facebook and Google. This is really interesting. Politico reported that they have been recruiting these people who will work you know, for him and their respective companies when they released, when his transition team released the names of hundreds of personnel on November 10th, there were zero current Facebook or Google employees among them. Well, that's changed. The transition website quietly added four Facebook and Google employees to its agency review teams around Thanksgiving, we think. Um, Silicon Valley critics have pressured the incoming administration to not hire people with ties to the tech industry to senior posts, particularly individuals associated with Facebook and Google, which are fending off these massive antitrust lawsuits. So this move raised a couple eyebrows with people because big tech got a lot of attention during the election, especially over the allegations that they were suppressing right-leaning content, as we know. What do you think about this relationship between Silicon Valley and the Biden administration? I'm just so shocked Isn't it they would do this. I know, I can't <laughs> believe it. They were basically already working for them. You know what I mean? Like it's it's kind of sh- it, it kind of is surprising that they're going to be so blatant about it. Mm-hmm. But they were basically already working together. And this again goes back to the hypocrisy of the left because they claim to not like crony capitalism. A lot of them not like capitalism in general. Um, But how does crony capitalism happen? It happens when you have a partnership between big businesses and the government. That's how monopolies are created. In Mm -hmm. fact, um, is it Google uh, or Facebook? Maybe both of them. But antitrust lawsuits are actually going on right now. Um, But the reason that they're even possible is because the government gets involved. Now you have actual, while they're still working for Silicon Valley companies, big tech companies, they're also working for the government. How does that make any sense at all? Well, and so I, I want to know, too, you know, Kez, do you think that this is just confirmation to those of us who believed that they were suppressing the Hunter Biden laptop story, oh, that yeah. this is exactly what was going on? Mm-hmm. Yeah, not even Hunter Biden, but even a lot of people who work in social media, who have YouTube channels, even I'm sure The Blaze has experienced 
all sorts of things on their YouTube or oh, yeah. Facebooks and things like that, just demonetized. Yeah. This da -da -da -da, taking down. Oh, you mentioned something about the coronavirus, or oh, you mentioned something about the election, or oh, this, that, the other. No, by by taking down this, like people's platforms, conservative right-wing people's platforms are getting taken down left, right, and center, and everyone's been going, guys, like, it kind of seems like we're being targeted, and we can't say things, and we're being censored, and this sort of stuff, but, and then it's always works in favor, like, the Hunter Biden situation for the, the Democrats, and you're like, well, it, okay, it seems like you guys have some sort of relationship, so we all, all of us, everyone knew it, like, how you were so surprised before, it was really good acting, <laughs> but, yeah, we all did know it, and it is confirmation, but I think that, I mean, it's confirmation for us, but I think the rest of everyone else is going to be like, no, you're just being silly still. It's like, I mean, there's like people you can just like put like facts right in their face and they'll be like, I don't see it. Right. So Think how bad this is going to get. It's already bad now. Yeah. Think about like when you, they're doing this supposedly independently as a private company. Um, censorship, demonetizing, all that stuff. How bad is it going to be when it's just part of government policy now? Right, wow. Like, when, they t when both of them get together and say, let's classify hate speech. Let's define in actual words in a government document mm -hmm. what hate speech is while we're working with the people that will enforce it at these private companies so that you can better, you know, be able to enforce this. Yeah. Um, okay, what's hate speech? Like, if I don't say someone's pronouns correctly, right. is that hate speech? And will it come Can to the point as well, like, past social media, like, if I just, like, make a silly post on Facebook, like, I'm not going to use people's pronouns or hate speech or whatever, is it going to then happen that in my private messages to people where I go, like, hey, like, I don't actually agree with this, blah, 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 then is, am I going to be like, hey, well, you hate speech in private, and hate speech is hate speech no matter what. It's like, okay, shoot, like, yeah, where's the lines drawn? For right. the Hunter Biden story, they, that was part of it. Wow. Even, even in private messaging. Wow. Um, they were policing that. They were attaching, like, warnings to the private message. Wow. Yeah, absolutely this that's is going unreal. to get worse. This is this is a, a clear warning to anybody that's a, a, it's a content creator or not, even mm -hmm. just someone that wants to express their opinion on social media right yeah like this is the direction they're going in and it's all well and I think that's why we've seen such a big push just within the past several months with people joining parlor and looking for mm -hmm. alternatives to YouTube and Twitter and things like that mm -hmm. and we don't have time to get into it but Twitter did confirm that President Trump could be banned for rule violating tweets after Joe Biden they think will be sworn in as president so they're saying once he's no longer protected as a world leader anything he tweets that goes against our, our policies or violates our policies he's out of here and I think he's got the most followers on Twitter behind Barack Obama maybe or at least as far as politicians go um, but gosh I do we have time actually do we have more time Give me your thoughts. Um, so, we have one minute. So that's what the, Trump has talked about Section 230, mm -hmm. um, which is absolutely pivotal that they have to d um, refine that um, because there would be no problem if they were if they were being consistent. There's no consistency there. So they'll knock tr uh, Trump off of Twitter, mm -hmm. but they won't knock off like Nation of Islam or, or Louis Farrakhan, wow. or people like that. Like th that, that's they're, they're just not. Uh, consistent with it. Mm -hmm. That's why Section 230 needs, there needs to be some kind of meddling with it to where they can s start holding these companies, uh, you know, you know, to task for this. Mm -hmm. Start saying, okay, if you're not going to do this, you're open up to lawsuits. I'm sorry, you're a big company, you're billionaire, you're, you're billionaires, you can figure it out, but you're more on your own now. I don't think they should be totally on their own, but more on their own. Mm -hmm. I agree totally. All right, so we've got to go to break. We have our fun question of the day and our results from yesterday's question when we come back. Trump's gonna be big in it. 
I, I cannot believe it. if they delete him on Twitter. I mean, he's such a massive man. a great question for you yesterday. It was, should Texas and other red states secede from the union? 67.6% of you said yes. 32.4% of you said no. Quickly, your answers. What do you think? No, uh, they should not secede. Um, I think that they should do something to hold other states accountable for when they violate the Constitution. Um, but no, I do not think they should secede. Okay. Yeah, it sounds like a nice idea, but I... I think it's like the United States of America, and I, it would be so sad to see like if one state leaves and they all stayed, and then it's like, I, I, I love America, and I want it to be united. Yeah, it, that's a tough one. I know a lot of people are really hoping that happens. Mm. All right, so we have the question for today. Are you hopeful for 2021? <laughs> uh no. <laughs> no. Well, all right, Mr. Sunshine. <laughs> yeah. This, it was a dumpster fire of a year. Now we have Joe Biden strolling into the White House. I don't think it's going to be a better year. Yeah. The only thing I think might happen is if Joe Biden does get elected president or, you know, get goes through. Mm. I think they might finally find a cure for coronavirus. Maybe. I feel like they might figure it out finally, or they're going to All of a to sudden, be, the light bulb came on. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's what I feel like might happen, which is like, okay, please, like, let us, like, end this hell. But. <laughs> well, I'm hopeful because 2020 is not over yet. Anything could still <laughs> yeah. happen. We still have a couple of weeks left, Good so point. something major could still happen. I'm crossing my fingers, saying my prayers. <laughs> Thank you guys for being here. <laughs> I mean, you just never know at this point. Like, I never know. Thanks for listening to the News and Why It Matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.